The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Y'all miss me? I know I missed y'all too. Welcome to Sooner or Later Sports Show. I'm your host, Jay. Thank y'all for pulling up here on the channel. Uh, it's been a bit because it's dead period, guys. Ain't much going on, so we're going to kick it. We're going to talk some ball. I got some special folks in. The collective is going to kick it, so we're going to talk. We're going to talk ball. We're going to talk you know, Sooner stuff. We're going to talk SEC stuff. We're going to talk a little video games. We're just going to chill out today. So thank y'all for pulling up here on the YouTube channel. Uh, please hit that like button. As well as if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. If you are listening to the audio version, please rate, review, give us five stars. You don't think you deserve it. Let's go ahead and give us five anyway and gift it. So let me go ahead and bring the gents in. We're going to talk some ball. We've got, of course, Chris, as well as PG. Gentlemen, what's going on? Not much, not much. What's going man. on? Thank y'all for pulling up with your boy. Uh, you know, we ain't had Chris on in a bit. You know, Chris... What's been good, man? How's life treating you? Man, hey, life is great, man. A lot of things are happening behind the scenes and all the rest of that stuff. But, yeah, you know, just kind of took a little bit of a mental break. You know, football is technically over, but it's never really over, especially, you know, PG. I know PG is always humming with the with the recruits and all the rest of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back, and I, I think I'm about to start bumping out some more vids or whatnot. Y'all, if y'all haven't already seen it, then go to the channel and uh, watch that video that I did with uh, Barry from BY's Fitness, Barry and Max Show, Five Reasons Why Jackson Arnold Will Be Successful in 2024. Definitely check that video out quick plug but yeah no hey thanks for uh for the invite man it's been too long yeah i know man it's been a bit it's been a bit pg talk to the people man how you doing how you been how, how's everything going we just been did good. videos together yesterday <laughs> yeah i've been good um i actually am not wearing the hoodie that i wanted to be wearing today so i guess i'll wait to announce that at a later date but i'm missing a lot of your subscriber base because they ain't showing up on my channel no more so y'all gotta hop over there and go watch some videos <laughs> Yeah, show PG some love, hit him up, you know, PG show. Man, so me, it's been been crazy. Traveling, took some vacation time, had to decompress. Uh luckily it's February, so it's the it's love month. So all you know, all the bubbly love stuff is supposed to be going on. Uh Black History Month and everything else is going on or whatnot. So it's been it's 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 dead period too. So for the players, there's not really contact, I guess you could say. So you don't really see that going on. Uh, for those that are in recruiting and so we're, we're just preparing ourselves until march that's when we'll have the next junior day is that, that that's the freaks weekend right pg elite freaks or whatever uh, march 9th is future freaks and future then there's freaks, one that's what it's called. on i believe if i'm right i'll have to look at my calendar i think there's one on april 10th or april 9th or something like something that. like that yeah, yeah, yeah i know it's beginning of march beginning of april you'll have more juniors coming in since they're basically next year's class and i'm anticipating us seeing some sort of commitments coming down but until then ain't much to talk about in that capacity so see y'all here in the comments what's good everybody missed y'all um it's like i said it's been a bit been doing you know getting everything going um what's good mike what's good everybody glad to see you as well Go check out the sooner legends he talks a lot about some of the old school stuff you know show him some love and support keeps him busy I guess you could say. So that's always a plus for all of us. So anyway, had a few things to dive into today, man. I want to, like I said, talk ball. I want to talk about, me and PG talked about this on his channel. You can watch the video. We kind of dive into the best 
QB wide receiver duos in college football. But I want to even break that into just duos in general. So set of wide receivers, you know, and 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 QB wide receivers. It's kind of curious to see what everybody thinks about that. Let me I'm gonna go ahead and pull this bad boy up real quick. That's not what I wanted to do, but it's okay. We're not gonna get mad. Let's see. How do I want to do this? All right. I'm actually organizing on this side. And I'm going to move you there. There we go. We're going to pull that up so everybody can see. We got the that list that popped up from 247. I thought it was interesting, right? Me and PG, like I said, talked about it the other day. What jumped out to me on this is, one, it's the, oh, of course, all college football. Two, they actually got a fresh, well, a sophomore on here that has no real starts, right? No, no long-term starts. So we have a very small sample size of what he's done with Jackson Arnold. And so I thought this was real interesting to see. So um, Chris, looking at this list, here's your top 10. You got Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Bond is one. You're looking at uh, Dylan Gabriel, Tess Johnson at two, Noah Fafita, and uh, T-Mac at three, Cameron Ward, Carson Beck, all the way down to Jackson Arnold number 10. You dropped a video talking about Jackson Arnold, you know, the five reasons why he'd be successful. When you see this, does this sound right? I, I think it does. Some of it may be a little bit of recency bias. Some of, them, some of it is, is built off of hype. Um, I mean – Look, we, we've had that DG experience. We understand that. Those those long balls, you know, you're either on this side or you're on that side of that subject or whatnot. But I think this list is correct for right now. Um, I see I see Jackson Normal and Nick Anderson being able to, uh, you know, I, honestly, it could be Nick Anderson. It could be Gibson this year. Deion Burks. You know, it could be Farouk. It could be Andrell Anthony if he comes back healthy. So, I mean, I think he has a, a, a group of guys that give him the opportunity to really advance, um, advance in this, uh, uh, excuse me, advance upwards on this list. I think that the interesting thing is, is that um, now Emeka Ibugwe, like, I get it with that, but Will Howard, I don't know. I probably would put, <laughs> I probably would put the boys at number nine and, and, and start there. I think Trey Harris and uh, Jackson Dart already. Uh, I mean, I think they could uh, they could arguably be higher. I think Brady Cook and Luther Burden could be higher. Um, I think Carson Beck and Dominic, Dominic Lovett could be lower simply because Brock Bowers isn't there. So now it's going to be like, who the hell is really going to step up? Hell, it could be Evans, you know? Right. I mean, I don't, you never know. And I think that Cam Ward and uh, Restrepo, is that how you say his, his, his last name? I think it's Restrepo, yeah. That is, Xavier Restrepo. I think that's a solid place for them to be on that list. Why? Because he's, I, mean, I, I think he's just like a, a Cole Beasley, those type of guys, you know, as far as just those, those vaunted, you know, slot receivers that are just open all the time right I see that so so um you know I, I think it's a pretty good list but definitely with Jackson Norlo to answer your question directly I, I think it's fair where they're at I think it's uh I think it's only going to get better man I really believe that he's going to be successful and I think that he has a group of guys that could uh that could propel him to that next level as well because he, he has a lot of talent and I mean let's just be real this is 
this is one of the first years that you can legitimately come into a season and say, I think that we have a a a really, really good wide receiver room. Not just one or two guys. No, we have a really good wide receiver room. Yeah, no, exactly. PG, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Now that you've marinated on it from our conversation, how are you feeling about this entire list? Like, like what any changes in opinions or thoughts when it came to seeing this setup? Oh, hundred um, percent. I'm even, I'm moving Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Bond down quite a bit, mainly because I don't think Quinn Ewers is as accurate as a quarterback as he needs to be. And have we really seen enough from Isaiah Bond to think he is one of the best wide receivers on this list? I don't think so. So again, I think I'm still rolling with DG and Tez Johnson at number one, just because Tez Johnson was one of the best wide receivers in the country last year. And then obviously we all know what Dylan can date Gabriel do whenever he's healthy and got a good offensive line. And I'm not worried about Oregon having a bad offensive line because they have, uh, I think it's Tony Cupo out there, and he's really mm-hmm. good. Uh, additionally, I'm looking at uh, Cameron Ward and Xavier uh, Restropro at number two. Uh, Cam Ward's an absolute dog, and Xavier Restropro again was a top five wide receiver last year, um, and I and I really like that duo for Miami. Uh, I think Miami's offense is going to take leaps this year, and then I would put Noah Fafeta. Um, I hope I said that right, Noah Fafita and yeah, uh, McMillan at number three. Now, do I move? Jackson Arnold and Nick Anderson into that number four spot. I think a lot of it is going to be based off of what I saw from Jackson Arnold in high school and then what I saw from him, I guess, early in the season in those games that he came into play and then what I saw in the BYU game. Obviously, what you saw in the Arizona game, yeah, it looked bad, but taking the context of he had a put-together offensive line, people were opting out of that game, uh, Jackson Arnold was obviously going to struggle a little bit there. So looking at what he did in the BYU game, earlier in the season and then what he did in high school. Uh, obviously, Jackson Arnold's got a lot of upside. Uh, I'm not sure if he's number four, but I could definitely say number five. Uh, I think the one that you really question is uh, Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter because Travis Hunter's an absolute monster athlete. And listen, Shador Sanders, he was slinging the ball all over the year. So You know, you say that, and that, and that makes me want to ask y'all both this question, right? So when I looked at the list and just kind of just, uh, you know, cliff notes of me and PG talking about it, I like the Jackson Arnold's down there at 10 because that tells me that they see something, especially top 10 in college football, a player that we've seen limited, true, truly seen limited snaps on. Obviously, you saw the potential in the, in the Alamo Bowl, and it's there. But I don't understand. We watched Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter like light up college football. Why are they not top five? Like, why aren't they even top three? Because we know what they can do. I mean, Shadur threw for over 4,000 yards, and Travis Hunter is a – you know, he plays on both sides of the ball absurdly well. Why why aren't they hired? Like, I'll tell you that's one, I'll, like, that's I'll like, tell you why. One word is humility. That's that's what that's what I mean. Look, anybody that's ever been good in any any type of sport that's ever been on mentioned on any type of list or whatnot, you understand the politics that kind of go behind this. It's all about just being being making sure that, that they understand. We think you're we think you're really good. We think you're elite. But it's a thing about humility as well. You know, over there, Colorado's about to flash and dash. So, I mean, I, I think that, Fair. That, that's I think that's that. Um, I, I'll go back to I'll go back to this whole Carson Beck and, and Dominic Lovett thing. And I'm not saying Lovett is not a talented wide receiver, but that wide out from um, that just transferred from Miami. Hell, I think he may have a better connection with Carson Beck. I think he he may be. He could really come in there and turn some heads as well. I forgot about that kid transferring over there, but yeah, no, I, 
I'm with you. I think that Shadur and Travis Hunter should be higher. I would probably put them higher than Fafita and Macmillan, to be honest with you. Macmillan and Fafita had a a really great outing, kind of a showcase against us, which, you know, you'll give them that. But I think I'd probably put them up there higher than that. And I, I think that we kind of have to wait and see if one and two of those tandems are actually going to work out. Like I said, Tess Johnson, fast guy, stretch the field, deep balls. Is that going to be an issue for Dylan Gabriel when he's there as far as that? I know the offense is, I, I, I feel like, more predicated to his game, maybe even more so than what Levy was doing. But at the same time, the deep ball has always kind of been kind of a, a iffy subject, right? Yeah, a, that's a fair. subject. But then also Quinn Ewers and Isaiah Bunn. Isaiah Bunn is, 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 is you know, tabbed as this really fast wide receiver. But, like, you know, I think – who was that that I was talking to? Was it – was it Nick? I think it was Nick. Shout out Nick from Nino's Corner. Maybe it was a tie or somebody. But I was basically telling them, I was like, you know, Isaiah Bund to me is just a stretch guy. He's and I wouldn't even really call him a home run hitter, but he's a stretch guy. But a lot of the plays, if you look at a lot of his touchdowns and a lot of the big yardage plays that he had, I mean, um, Milrow is basically he's basically keeping the play alive and and with his legs he's keeping he's he's just running outside of the pocket everybody's respecting that and then everybody's getting up and down the field and when he would see the guys he would hit and connect so I think we still kind of got to wait uh, wait on those guys but it's definitely a good list but definitely some questionable some 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 spots on there honestly where you could say maybe we move these people down and move these people up yeah PG we that that's that's kind of trying to figure out with the Shador piece. We watched them play. We've seen them show up. Like, how are they not? And then oh. I get the humidity angle on it, but now we know they're good. Like, like we can't I know exactly what it good. is. I know exactly what it is. Pull up that list again. And I'll tell you exactly what it is. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And by the way, um, shout out to the bomb for gifting 20 of your members subs. Oh, he wow. Subs. So that's, Thank you. that's pretty big. Um, so, okay. If you look at this list, what do the top five teams all have in common outside of the quarterback and wide receiver? They have a good returning offensive line. Ah, uh, fair point. And and I, and and it. I mean, it's if you're gonna make this list, I don't feel like you can look at it from the perspective of which teams have a good offensive line. But it would make sense. Jackson, Arnold, Nick Anderson are at number ten. OU does not have like on this list. They probably are going to, by a lot of people's thinking, have the worst offensive line because they're turning over five new offensive linemen. Colorado did not have a good offensive line last year. Otherwise, yeah, Shador Sanders and Travis Hunter are probably higher up on this list. So uh, that's how I kind of look at it. That's what I think happened. I think they looked at this list and they looked at other factors too and said, hey, uh, these teams don't have a good offensive line. So yeah, they might be a duo, but are they going to produce at a high level? Because we don't know what that coverage is going to look like for the quarterback. Right. And, and the offensive line makes sense. I guess that that's probably a piece that I didn't consider in the conversation. While at the same time, though, he still threw for 4,000 yards. And yeah. Travis Hunter, barring injury, if he wasn't injured, he probably yeah. gets you seven to a thousand yards receiving, right? But people, have seen, but people have seen Shador now in Power Five football 
Like I, I think there's, I think they're expecting next year for a little bit more people to be prepared. And he's heading to, in my opinion, a better conference. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say in theory the Big 12 is a better conference now. Well, I mean, of course, you know, with all the players that they're adding into it. But, I mean, the pack wasn't no punk. They were playing against some, you know, I mean, Washington did go to the national championship. So yeah. it's not like we can but, pretend but like you, they weren't doing something. But at the, at the same time, uh, Dion didn't have I, – I, I think that he didn't necessarily handle everything the best. I mean, when you're shuffling your – you know, because I don't know when it happened, but when you're taking – play calling duties away from your offensive coordinator and different things like that. Travis Hunter is injured and, you know, it, he was kind of a different, he was a shell of himself when he came back from that injury trying to get back. So, I mean, I think he still was able to put up numbers and do things, but I mean, it just, it just got to the point where, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still think that he's an NFL quarterback, maybe not as high as Kuyper, you know, had him, but at the same time, I think that he is an NFL quarterback and he will go pretty high. He has a chance to go first round to really kind of establish himself. He's done nothing but win and nothing but really good things um, at every level that he's played. Uh, Shadur has. I think this year is kind of a confirmation of what Dion has been talking about for the longest. So, I, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for Colorado. And I think, honestly, coming to the Big 12, it, I mean, it's going to help them. I'm not, I haven't really looked at their schedule again, but I, I would I would say that they stack up pretty well, I would feel like. And yeah, I think yeah. with some of the additions that they've made on the offensive line, they should be better. I mean, they've gotten bigger. I mean I think they have no excuse not to be better. Like yeah. there's no excuse for them not yeah. to be able to to make some noise. Um at least well, I mean now they also have a whole bunch of staff changes. So I guess that's probably why you would ask the question of how much better can they truly be with all the staff changes they're making. So I did want to ask Chris this question though, because I asked you, Jay, Chris, so uh Dominic Levitt and Carson Beck. So you were kind of talking about that Georgia pairing. Isn't it weird that they would include a quarterback wide receiver duo for Georgia when they're so heavily reliant on those tight ends? Like, do we really believe they're going to use the wide receiver that much? Because Lovett was there last year and he well, only had it, like sub 700 yards. Yeah. Well, if you ask Ty and you ask Nick, um, SEC Connect, y'all check us out. But if you ask those two, those two say, oh, well, no, they have another five-star tight end. We know they have five-star tight ends. We know they have all this stuff. But I'm not convinced yet, right? I don't know what Bobo is going to do with that offense next year because it seems to me they're going to have to spread the wealth because didn't they lose Lad McConkey as well? Uh, yeah. No, is McConkey is he graduating? Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's in the draft. He's, he's been doing draft stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So you lose you you lose your your safety valve, right? You you lose your guy that's always open, and then you lose your basically the heart and soul of your offense in Brock Bowers. So it's going to be a readjustment period, and I think that you know, hell, it may even be unfair to really put them on that list because you know what Kirby is going to do. Kirby is going to manage the game by doing what he's going to run. He has. Uh, 40 running backs on a team, so you know he's just going to lean on that run game. Which so, is what Mike Bobo is known for. Yeah, so yeah, so, right. The Bobo offense is main. main yeah, 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 and, and I get it, but he's going to lean heavy on that. And, and this is why I say that, okay? So people don't think that, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Because I, I think I've asked this question a, a while back is, what does Kirby do with Carson Beck? Does he let him be Jake Fromm, or does he let him be Stetson Bennett? Right? Does he let him go out there and win games for him, or does he make him a, a certified game manager? Because 
you could really kind of it could really be 60 40 either way as far as what Carson Beck was this year. Was he a Stetson Bennett alike player where he go out there and make plays? He commanded the offense, had all the rest of that, or is he just a game manager to get you where you need to be to the promised land, which is obviously SEC championship game and with the chance to go and uh, play uh, for the uh, college football, you know, championship. Yeah, so, it feels like he was more of just a manager, really. And yeah, exactly. he, I mean, he's good enough. Let's put it like that. I'm not. Gonna, I think I'm he's good enough. Him. I just don't yeah. think that he's a. I think he's more of a game manager than a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to be the factor that changes everything for what mm-hmm. George has done because I don't think he's at that level of talent. It's just unfortunate mm-hmm. he ain't it. Uh, but he's good. He's going to win games and yeah. he's going to be consistent. Now, I mean, they lost to the Alabama team that we considered one of the worst ones of the uh the Saban era so yeah that's where you have questions there but it's funny too when I look at this list every single one of these quarterbacks except for Jackson Arnold has basically a full season of film mm-hmm. that's it and that, that's what jumped out to me the most it's like oh okay so they really do see Jackson Arnold as something that's gonna be special but there's a question in, in the chat that, that jumped out to me Ace asked this question can somebody explain the Texas hype they lose all they lost all their uh, game changers. Only thing they didn't lose was Quinn Ears, basically. And their the offensive part. line. Right. And the line. So you asked the question, why are they on hype, man? Everybody, they've hyped Texas for years. And this is the thing that jumps out to me, too. And I said this when I was talking to PG. Quinn Ears up there at number one. Because Quinn Ears is as hyped as everybody is making him. Why is he not in the draft? Like, why are we still looking at his face? Why is he still here? Look, that's make a any sense to me. That's a conversation I'm not ready for, Jay. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I, I, re- I truly do not get it. Like, I'm trying to understand why are we still talking about him as if he is truly a savior? If you got to see another season of improvement in the accuracy, because I'm not going to lie, last year he improved in his accuracy from the year before, right? So I think you need to see a year of improvement in accuracy and not being hurt. I think if yep. Quinn Ewers can do both of those things, maybe he earns himself into the top three rounds for this next year's draft. Because regardless whether Oklahoma fans want to acknowledge it or not, talk good about a Texas guy, Quinn Ewers did improve last year. Yeah, I mean, overall, he wasn't did. good yeah. enough, I mean, to be honest. Overall, yeah. And, and the other thing, too, is which is going to lead to the next conversation. Thank you all for pulling up. Hit the like button. If you are new to the channel, subscribe. Check out. Horns Down Podcast, as well as the PG Show. Like, subscribe, rate, review, do all of that. And if you're listening, give us five stars, right? So let's jump into production. So I did a video kind of diving into it. I kind of wanted to make this an open session of conversation, including everybody here in the chat. So, of course, I want to hear from y'all. Love to hear y'all's comments. Disengagement always, of course, not only helps us, but helps us create better content, right? We like to make stuff for you, all the people. And so I want to talk about SP plus ratings on the 2024 returning production on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. So if you don't know, SP plus is Bill Conley's rating system that he uses over at ESPN. And it's kind of like the, it, 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 it tells the story of with everything analytics wise, who do we think is, you know, going to win games? Who's considered better, who's considered worse. It's just a, it's a, it's a measuring stick to understand where a team should be. And Oklahoma was rated very high on SP Plus all of last season. Even in our bad days, we were still rated in the top 10 the entire time. So there, it was just we underachieved from what we should have done. So I get people you know, being upset with it. But this, this jumped out to me, right? Production-wise, I'm going to show you all these charts. If you watched the video, you know I've talked about this before, but I want to get everybody's opinion on it. 
Returning offensive production, we are dead last in the SEC. Returning defensive pr- uh, production, we are number one in the SEC. And we're number eight in the country in defensive production coming back. That's freaking huge, right? This is why I have been vehemently battling the seven and a half win spread because the one thing that a Venables team is known for is defense, right? We're, 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 his teams are always known for being defense. That's, that's he's defensive coordinator by trade. That's what he is. We've bring, we're bringing back all of our production. So there's a great chance that we'll have the top defense in the sec next year. Very good chance. Georgia's at 11 in which they always retool and bring back a lot as PG likes to say, and they should be fine, but we're got, we've got veteran presence and a lot of young kids. So first off, Offensive side of the ball, we're 16th. Anybody underneath eight is replacing their starting quarterback. That's probably the one thing to recognize. So pass it to you guys on here. When you see this offensive production, what excites you and also what concerns you when you see this rating? That Missouri is going to be a lot tougher team than people think. So many people are fixated on uh, why Missouri is so highly thought of for next season. This is why. Because they're bringing back so many players. Yep. I mean, this is why. This is why. Uh, Now, as you pointed out to me, though, uh, yesterday when we were talking, I believe it was in the green room. Yeah. uh, Yes, they're bringing back a lot of players, but they're now replacing coaches. So now we get to find out, is it drink or was it the assistants? Uh, And if it wasn't drink, his ass might get fired this season, <laughs> even if they win seven games. So, because Missouri's got a lot of momentum, and you don't carry on that momentum with a coach that's not able to get it done. So, uh, but for Oklahoma, I, I, I mean, it's it's interesting that we're dead last, but I also understand it because you're replacing a starting quarterback, and you're replacing your entire offensive line. So you're replacing a total of six guys. I think everybody else, and your top receiver. Mm. Top receiver Drake Stoops, statistically. <laughs> okay, statistically. yeah, Drake Stoops. But I mean, you're no, got... no, statistically. That's what I mean. Like, so, like yeah, production. I mean, you, you got Anderson, you got Farouk, and those guys there. So, uh, like, right? Because he's not our best receiver, but statistically, he was the most. Yeah, okay, yeah, statistically on the team. So, yeah, the defense. <laughs> so, before, before, I, I, I like how we're pointing out the defense. Okay, all right. All right we'll, we'll get on defense in a minute, okay. Chris. Let's talk. Let's keep it on the offensive side first, Chris. When you saw this, what excites you and what concerns you? Uh, well, first off, I'm gonna tell you my biggest concern is how the hell are we are we below uh, Vandy? That that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. You're sitting here telling me, okay, Dylan Gabriel, I give you that. Uh, Drake Stoops, okay, but I think honestly, hey, and I love Drake Stoops. Everybody knows I've went toe to toe with Texas guys about Drake Stoops being drafted, all the rest of that stuff. But at the same time, Jay, uh, Jay you've heard me say this a lot. Over these last uh, like month or so after the season, I think we got I think we gotten better because <laughs> because we have some options at, at the slot receiver now, and I think uh, we we got a chance to be better. So, um, with that being said, man, you're looking at that and you're like, okay, well, was did Tall We hurt us or, or what's going on? But um, more production. I, I think I think for me, I think the only thing that that's concerning is is just the, the fact that you you know. I think the only thing that concerns me is, is will we really meet the expectation, right? The expectation of what the level that we're supposed to play, play, uh, play to. This is an offense, honestly, that should average somewhere between 
um, 30, 33 points to 40 points a game. I don't care that we're going to the SEC. We should be able to do that. So the only thing that's concerning is, is, is this, have we given Latrell enough time to really get everything that he needs, that he wants in as far as from the day after the Arizona game all the way up until the first game of this next season? That's to me, I think that's the only thing concerning. The thing for me is, is that, hey, I love it because I want them to have a chip on their shoulder because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, we have a lot to prove on offense. It's some guys, honestly, you know, PG, Jay, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but it, when you're talking about um, who needs a great winter, who needs a great summer and spring and uh, and on and fall camp as well, I mean, Gavin Sawchuk, man, uh, guys like that, Bournes, all of those guys, you can't take, you can't just do mental reps this year. You got to have it all the way around, man, because it, it matters that much. Um, but I mean, I, I think for me, just I, I'm excited about the offensive line, to be honest with you. Yeah, we lost some guys, but we had guys that actually stepped up and played this season as well. Fair. Sexton, um, I think Jake Taylor. I mean, you the got this. Yeah, you go out there and you add guys in the portal that are that have the experience and the talent and who probably can come in and just play right away for beating Bo. But you also go out there and recruit guys like Eugene Brooks, um, uh, uh, Pierre Lewis, guys like that who honestly could see themselves on the field this year uh, if everything goes well, you know, especially this summer or whatnot. But I think the offensive line is going to be a strength. I think that the wide receiver core is extremely dangerous, and if anybody on the race that uh, that that wide receiver core, they're crazy. And I think Jackson Norrell. I mean, I think he's going to put it all together this year. But Seth Latrell, that's kind of to me. I think that's the wild, one wild card right there. Is just are we give? Does he have enough time to do what he needs to do? Yeah, well, the way he calls the game is really going to be important. So for context, for anybody that's wondering, we're losing, of course, thirty six hundred and sixty passing yards out of fourth over forty two hundred yards. We are we lost uh, eight hundred of our twenty three hundred rushing yards. Um, we lost what's this eleven hundred of our four thousand receiving yards. So you got Stogner on there too, who he only had like almost two hundred yards last season, but he still was production. It's gone with Drake Stoops, who had nine hundred yards. He led the team in yards and receptions at eighty four, a lot bigger than we expect. Right? He was really a safety net for. Uh, for Dylan Gabriel. He was the guy that he went to that was the most reliable. Even with drops, he was still the most reliable. And then in the season, and PG, you're right, after the bowl game, Nick Anderson finished with 10 touchdowns, tied with Drake Stoops for 10 touchdowns on the season. So you were correct on your video. I was wrong. I forgot that he did score in the bowl game. And so, so, and then, of course, the five linemen. You know, four of them go to the draft. One of them, you know, transferred out. So, yeah, you're, the snap count numbers, we're losing so much. So it makes sense to be 44%. And, Chris, I know you asked the question about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's returning a lot of their players, just not their quarterback. And Didn't they lose their best wide receiver, too? It's just snaps. Yes, they lost right. their best it's, wide receiver to Colorado. Yeah, I right. mean, <laughs> but so, it's Vandy. But but, it's Vandy. Yeah. It's right, Vandy. it's Vandy. So it's not someone that we're truly concerned about, right? You know, they, they, they don't have James Franklin out there, you know, creating a miracle for them. But when we go in here defensively, because um, this is a great point by Robert. Robert, I you know me. I try to keep it a buck when, when it comes to these conversations. I'm about to go off on Robert. I'm- <laughs> even, even not even being negative about it. But you're right, right? The defense has to show even more improvement. But this is a good thing, right? 
I mentioned in my video, numbers wise, we went from the 60s in the advanced metrics to the 30s. So in the most important components of the game, we improved dramatically year over year, which means we're going in the exact route that Venables typically goes. He did this exact same thing at Clemson. He's his first year there. He had he was in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in advanced metrics on his defense. Second season, he moved into the 30s and 10s in some metrics. And then the year after that, boom, you see him with a top five defense. We're on pace to do that now. Yeah. Um, and luckily, the teams that we're playing, we're looking at the offensive production. Missouri's probably the biggest threat because they are returning Cook as well as both his receivers and Theo Weiss as well as uh, Luther Burden, which that was interesting to me too, PG. I'm going to let you talk about this in just a second, is that Cook is bringing back all this production, but they weren't considered the best duos in college football. Like that's what's uh, fascinating Brady, to me. Cook, and Luther Burden were. Were they on that list? Yep. They were on that list. They were number six. They, oh, were, they, were, yeah, six. they, they were, were six. Sneaky. They were six. They were six. I figured they would have been higher than that because of the production they brought back. That that was what kind of was kind of wild to me in seeing that. But then you've got, of course, Texas is bringing back their quarterback, but they're they're you know retooling their receiver room. Um, Auburn. I mean, Chris, are you really big on Thorne? You really think he's gonna <laughs> Come be on, man. Hey, like, hey, 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 guys, look, look. Your boy look. Robbie's gone now. And there you were hardcore about him. Like, there will be really- a part, there will be a continuation of the Dogs and Bum series. And I can already tell you that Peyton Thor is gonna be out there, of course. All right. <laughs> Want to make sure. Ole Miss, of course, bringing Jackson Dart back, right? And he lost his tight end because Lane Kiffin doesn't use tight ends. But you gotta ask the question is there gonna be as productive, you know, damage of a concern? Bama still got Jalen Milrow. We'll see what that offensive coordinator there can now do with him. Even Kalen DeBoer is a really good coach. I think he'll need an additional year with Milrow before he can really do something, especially since Julian Sand decided to transfer well, out. And they lost so much on the offensive side of the ball, too. Yeah. I mean, that's they very lost fair. offensive linemen to the draft, to the portal. They Wide lost receiver. Yeah, they, they, like, they, they lost a lot of key players. The team ain't going to be very good next year. Ty, we're going to have to like, get Ty some therapy. <laughs> and then, of course, LSU, they don't have Daniels. Actually, they lost, what, both their receivers and Daniels? Oh, God. Yeah. They got a lot to figure out. We got uh, South Carolina, who's got a lot to figure out. I don't even know who their quarterback is. I need to go look up their depth chart. So oh, oh you want to hear who it is? I know who it is. Who, who do you think it's going to be? Uh, well, okay. I don't think it's going to be this person, but he's on that team. He, he's going to get a shot. Who? Davis Bevel. Yes, yes. Bevel was there. He ain't going to play. So I, I knew he was going there. I hope on, they man. roll him out there in Norman. The, now, the only one on here that I think is going to be a lot better than expected is probably Tennessee. Because I think I, I think Nico's the real deal. I, uh, he was one of the, to me, the top two quarterbacks, him and Jackson Arnold in last year's class. My What's their opinion. offensive line look like? Because I know they did a good job recruiting the offensive line like they, they got a piece meal through the but... port i mean they got lance hurt you know we were in a nil battle with them for her but overall i don't know what well, that line's gonna look Max... like i had to go dig deep into their 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 line and see if they look like next year i'm well, gonna do a Pat, breakdown of all of our opponent. two out of this year but i don't know if they would start being true freshmen yeah that's a good question and, and mean, those were two guys if you're good enough you, you i mean we played a true freshman you know we you'll you'll do it if the talent's there if you think that that's going to be make you successful. So 
that's a good question to ask. But overall, that's why I said when I look at the numbers, man, it's not going to be as bad as people think. It ain't. We got a lot there. Look, look, and 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 just kind of like you know, I was really thinking about this while you guys were talking. But I think a point. I think it's three points uh, as far as the defense. Obviously, it was just returning production. But I think three points of emphasis that you have to really you know talk about when you talk about this defense going to the SEC about them possibly being elite I think one the SEC obviously offers you uh, the chance to be more aggressive with your play calling because you're not going to see that big 12 style of ball as far as you know spreading you out doing different things like that so by that uh that that byproduct causes um Gosh, McCullough to be on the field a lot more, right? And I look for him to be more active and be more acclimated in his defense as well. But two, um, honestly, I think I think if it, it two and three, my point point two and three is this: if you can clean these two things up, I think this defense could be top ten. To be honest with you, and that's me being having very lofty goals and being very optimistic. But yes, if you're coming into if you're coming into the season and you tell me you say hey. Um, I think we're going to be better situationally, meaning third down, we get it right, right? Like, hey, we're aggressive on third downs, but we're also able to do what? We're also able to play zone. So if you're able to really clean those two things up, even just semi-clean it up, I think that I think this defense, the world could be – hey, it's, it's only up from there because, I mean, right. that, that would really put them over – I think that would get you over the hump of where you really wanted to be, where you're not losing those two or three games, um, you know, per year by, you know, five points or less. Right. So, I mean, I, I think if you could clean those things up and that's that's the hope with with Allie coming in as the, you know, new D.C. But obviously, I think I think everybody knows Venables is still going to be calling that defense. But I think if you can do those two things, just fix that situational play calling on third and or fourth down and then also be able to play zone. Go a long way, man. Go it will. Zone. And you, you got to be able to play zone in college because it gives your players a break. Right. That way they can pay attention. And it's better for um in some not only past situations, but also being to help stop the run because you can react a lot faster because you're paying attention to an area and you know you can get there. So I anticipate us, I do. I've seen it. We're number eight in the country in production coming back at roughly 80%, you know, 79% total. I'm this defense is gonna be a Brent Venables defense next season. This is gonna look like Clemson did, right? This is this defense will. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm going to say it as we speak. And Kim pointed this out beautifully because this is how I felt about the offensive line. Every two years, we're we're basically retooling because we do a good job of the dudes that we get on the line, they end up going pro. <laughs> right? We've got uh see Guyton was here two years and he's a first round pick. He's gonna be late first round. Could be mid, depending on how the combine looks. But he's got all of the tools that every single scout that I've looked at said, nah, this dude is going to be somebody legit. So, Beaton Bow does this on a regular basis. This is what we can say. But, defensively, Chris, you said it right, man. This is going to – I feel like this defense is going to be top 10. They've got all the tools to do it. Bringing back three key veterans to help teach the young players the offense – this, to me, I'm going to say this. Jaron Canick's going to have a Danny Stutzman season next year. 100%. I agree with that. And so is Kip Lewis. Kip Lewis is a monster. So I'm going to be – so in saying that, I think we see less Danny than we do those two. Can I say this? 
I kind of, and I hadn't, you know, can't go through a power dimension. Shout out to my uncle, but we had this conversation. We kind of, we kind of think that that Cannon could be the odd man out next year simply because of some of the guys behind him. Oh, I mean, he, he better be careful because Sammy Omasigo or Lewis Carter could take his job. I mean, exactly. Here's the I'm, thing just saying, I'm just saying. I get it. I get it. I'm Y'all just saying. Hey. <laughs> Y'all not wrong, but I do think that I think it's going to end up being Kanick and Kip. Kanick plays just like Danny Stutzman did in the first season with Burt Venables. He played yes. very loose and he made boneheaded mistakes. And I just feel like under the tutelage of BV and Danny Stutzman, who he spends a lot of time with, he's going to get his crap together. And Allie and, runs the same D. So yeah. I, I just want to understand why people think this OU defense wasn't very good last year because yeah. I understand we lost the KU and we lost the BYU, but I want people to understand you oh, have stay. A we didn't lose healthy, BYU. Oh yeah, Oklahoma State. You have a healthy Gentry Williams and a healthy Danny Stutzman in both of those games, you win both of those games. And you yeah. probably have a top thirty defense at the end of the year because before Danny Stutzman got hurt, Oklahoma was like number thirty five. In total yeah, defense. it was attrition. Attrition is what kicked our tail, which that's the beauty of this next season is. Mm-hmm. And y'all have heard me say this at nauseum, and I'm going to keep reminding y'all this. Um, Miguel Chavis tweeted this out, that we play a bunch of young players, over 4,200 snaps. I think it was like 4,240. And this was before the bowl game. Like 4,240 4, snaps was played by players that were freshmen, redshirt, freshmen, or sophomore. So either one to two years of college experience. That's huge, right? That means you're playing a lot of young players, which they're going to make bonehead mistakes, right? You can't fix that. Like, you, well, you can't fix that within that first year. That's something that mm-hmm. they have to learn yep. from experience of they tricked you. Now you need to understand how not to be tricked. So the good thing is you got Woody Washington coming back at corner. So with him and Gentry Williams, or Gentry safety. and healthy, Makari Vickers has got some experience now. So does Jacoby Johnson. You're bringing in Des Malone, who's a veteran. You got Kendall Dolby, who can play corner, no problem, but he's so much better at Cheetah and Blitzen. So you've got that. So because of the the attrition problems we had last year, all these dudes have been in the system one year. So if if one falls, the next man can be up because he's actually playing. And I think that that's the one thing a lot of people aren't recognizing in how they're doing this. This is why we're taking bigger recruiting classes. They want homegrown dudes. They want dudes that's homegrown that they recruit and bring in instead of bringing in a bunch of transfers. They bring in transfers to fill some holes, Mm -hmm. but the goal is to make sure that the young players we have get enough snaps to where they can recognize stuff. And when injuries happen, it's not as bad as we dealt with before. You get what I'm saying? No, I like that. I like that we're going that direction. What you're saying in a nutshell could be, can can be summed up in, in just this one statement. This is a year where competitive depth actually meets the talent. <laughs> okay, there you go. The expectation and all the rest of that. This is when we're because because I feel like think of it like a paradigm shift, right? You went from we want to be this that we talking about being this ruthless, aggressive, and suffocating defense to hey, we're still trying to build that competitive depth. It's here now. Yeah, and, no- and and it's all about that experience. Like you said, the talent. Yeah is there the bigger problem we had? We just didn't have the experience because yeah. as the season goes on, I mean, your top players, you're going to see injuries. You're going to have exhaustion, all right. that. But that's the beauty is 
we're gonna we're gonna get all of that now. We're and gonna get all of that. Get, and what you get now is is how BV wants to run a team, which is the way he did it here at Oklahoma before, and the way he's done it at Clemson. Right now, you get a whole recruiting cycle that pretty much gets to sit on the sideline for a year. Mm-hmm. They get to be in the strength room, in the conditioning room, Absorbing. and they get to be in all those practices and stay healthy for a whole year, so that when they're sophomores or redshirt freshmen, they're ready to go. Yeah. That's the important thing, and and, and that's why like I stress on it all the time. And this isn't just defense. Like, go look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did, with Patrick Mahomes. Right, yep. they brought him in and they sat him down for an entire year and said, "We're going to with Aaron Rodgers, and you get to watch." And then now look at it—he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Most quarterbacks that just get thrown out there—I mean, why do you think they don't do well for the first couple I, of years? Because they don't get to sit there, they don't get to learn an NFL offense, they get thrown into the fire, and it stunts their growth. And it's the mm-hmm. same way for Brent Venables' defense—you get them in there, you sit them down, they get an opportunity to learn, soak it all in. They're going to be better players. It doesn't stunt their growth, and I think that's what we're going to finally be able to see. I think Before you go, one, Chris. I'll, Before you go, Chris, let me point this out. So Chuck Kearney asked this question. Chuck, thank you for this. Why? So why are they offer the Michigan guy? So Ken uh, Sab, Keon Sab was recruited by Venables at Clemson. Um, he was committed to Clemson, and then Venables left to come to Oklahoma, and then he reopened his recruitment dropped his top four, ended up in Michigan on sign, early signing day. They offered him because we lost Key Lawrence in the portal because Key wasn't going to get as much game as he would have liked. But Robert Spears Jennings and Peyton Boeing dealt with injuries last year. Mm-hmm. You bring in uh, Sab, who has some experience, played on the national championship team. You bring him in to where <laughs> all those young safeties like Powers and Hardy and Michael Patterson, McDonald, all of them can just sit and learn, just like PG said. They can sit and learn instead of immediately having to play. You bring that veteran in there. And I think that, and if I'm correct, Allie also runs like a three safety setup sometimes. So then you can just, you you have now a rotation of four dudes that are veteran and just based upon health too. So Bowman, Bowen, Robert Spears, Jennings, and then, you know, you bring in Sab and then you have Powers and Hardy, all of them. Because Powers, I know, physically – looks like a division one football player already. Like he's built for it. So you offer a guy like that. There's one of Natty that's got the experience. So you have when Billy Bowman is gone next year, because he has to leave after this year, you still get him for one more year as a veteran with all of the other veteran pieces you're putting together. You're just plugging in little holes that you need to have plugged in. Do we need him? No. Would it be nice to have? Yes. Because then you can have your young guys learn, learn the playbook and study better. And you don't, you're not forcing them to throw in there and get that immediate experience in critical games when you don't really want them to, right? Yeah. That's really the, my thought. And one more thing to add to that, because I know he says the room is full. And I get there's a lot of safeties there, but one thing you don't – a lot of people aren't looking at, and I thought about this last night, Billy Bowman coming back another year. For Billy Bowman, this is going to be a year of just really – fine-tuning his craft yep. and that ability to play at the safety position, which means there might be a there might there's a probably a good chance you don't see Billy Bowman play the amount of snaps that he did the year before. Because this year it's all about putting up really good film and showing uh prospect or um or what or what or what or whatever you call them analysts that he has fine-tuned his craft but also not playing so many steps that it could actually 
hurt him and that, you know, hey, I gave up something big or something there. So I think if you bring in a guy like Sab, he might be able to take some of those snaps off Billy Bowman and you get two really good safeties. And then also they're not deadbeat tired. You're not putting a bunch of miles on Billy Bowman for this upcoming draft. I, I think you got to look at it from a bigger picture and say Billy Bowman's trying to prepare himself to be draft eligible. and He's just fine tuning the little things, maybe taking a little bit of miles off of him won't hurt him in terms of his draft eligibility. And so the question here was, did Asad play much? Uh, did he start? Yeah, in a lot of games he did. Like, I, I'm looking at him, his numbers on PFF. He had like over 360 snaps. Snatch yeah. championship game, he played 61 snaps. Um, uh, 46 in coverage, 15 on the rush on uh, rush defense. So he played 61 snaps in that game. Obviously, he's one of your starters. I know he dealt with some health problems. I think he got hurt or whatnot, but I know he started – um, against Washington in the title game at free safety. So he's played both free and strong. But you put him out there at free with Robert Spears Jennings. You have Bowen and Bowman rotating at the strong. You're going to probably play a lot more Peyton Bowen than you are um, Billy because you're going to get let the young guy get out there and really show his talent. But at the same time, you're rotating dudes often. You got to just keep them yep. healthy, right? And, and depending on who these offenses you're playing against, how many of them are um, – uh, tempo based, yeah, it's all which about, is primarily you know, where the game's going nowadays. Right, right. All football teams run high tempo, so especially you got to think about it. Corners and safeties are running a lot, so if you're able to constantly swap those guys out with elite talent and give guys a breather, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. Well, so yeah, uh, and you don't want to play a lot of your young players, right? Like you, I put it to you like this. <clears throat> If you followed me for a while, you've heard this before. For anybody new, let me kind of give you an uh, let me explain. I don't like when freshmen play. There's one reason why. It's not that I don't think they're talented enough or they can't make it happen. All freshmen get tricked at certain points. Yeah. Alabama versus Texas. Caleb Downs. No. He was overly aggressive. What did Texas do? They use it against him. He couldn't adjust. Why? Because only his second game, second game in college football. So Texas knew what to do. They kept baiting him, and they just kept throwing it over the top behind him. That's what happens with freshmen. Proctor, their other offensive lineman, me and me and uh, Ty talked about it a lot. He was getting baited like crazy against Michigan, yeah. and he started off season, like all season. So that happens to freshmen, and it's all about learning the playbook, knowing how to react, and most of it is just experience. It's not talent, it's just experience because I can trick somebody that is has less experience than me on the field with stuff that doesn't mean I'm more talented than them, right? And so having an additional vet in there helps those young dudes just learn the playbook faster. And then you can start moving mix. Because most of the time you want your young players to play, you don't want them to start at the beginning of the season. You want them to start playing more at the end of the season when everybody's hurt, injured, and you can start bringing in young, young legs. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. Ro constant rotation. And Reggie Powers Jr. pointed out, secondary will be rotating, guys. Too mm -hmm. deep will be playing every game. The goal is to well, keep them as fresh as possible going into the playoffs. Well, and another keep fresh legs out there. Not, not, let, me, let me get a point in. Let me get a point in. So yeah, yeah. one thing I would definitely say is this right here is that I think that you do want you do want some rotation to keep guys fresh, but you also want rotation for certain packages. Because if Harrington can stay healthy this entire year, I'm telling y'all, 
there were some things that this defense was supposed to do last year as far as putting certain packages out there on the field, especially in third down, that we did not get to see. And it could it, it could have been very deadly for a lot of teams that we faced last year if you have Harrington, McCullough, Stutzman, Bowman, <laughs> Bowen, uh, Woody, you know, Gentry on the field. That's I mean, come on, man. Let's let's just be real. Like it, yep. you 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 had some there was some stuff that was supposed to happen. Um one thing I, I I would definitely say, just uh, in, in, if I may, I think this is a conversation that that gets overlooked a lot. Me and my uncle talk about this. I say every other day, maybe once every other week or so. But Venables gets a lot of flack for a lot of the stuff that you guys just you and PG were talking about. You know, I always ask my uncle, I'm like, man, do you think that Venables would have would have did anything differently coming here? And he's like, yeah, he probably would have been way more aggressive in the portal year one if he knew what he uh, if he knew now what he knew then, right? But the thing is, is that it's beautiful because you see he played the long game, and now I think that in year three, it's really going to, it's really going to come all, all come together, and I think everybody's going to be sitting there saying. Man, maybe we had a bad. Maybe we gave him a bad rap uh, too early because this dude can really coach. Mm-hmm. It just took time to get that talent there. And I mean, kind of goes back to what Ty always talks about as far as inheriting the 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 sins of the father. And I think that you know, coming here, he had basically fixed the culture that a lot of a lot of OU fans. If you really ask OU fans if they knew what was going on, they'll tell you, "Oh yeah, I think I knew what was going on." But that's because of what all the stuff that we've heard from the uh, Lincoln Riley era, but people don't really know how bad it was. They just know about the success on the field. So there's a lot of things that you had to break, a lot of bad habits, a lot of different things that you had to do with the culture of this program. So I always think that that's a conversation that gets overlooked because nationally, for some odd reason, a lot of people, especially you jump in random Twitter spaces, they hate BV. They think he's this, they think he's that. And it's just like, dude, for some people, it just takes time. It just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one more thing on Sab though. Why would you take Sab? I, I just want to point this out. Billy Bowman's five ten. Sab's six two. So what happens when you're going up against a taller wide receiver core and you need taller safeties and corners out there and you have them? I'm just know. saying. I don't know because I saw Billy Bowman get the interception on uh on Wilson, Johnny <laughs> right. Wilson. Man. I'm just saying <laughs> if you can if, if if you've got the ability to match the size or get close to it, you're gonna do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sab, Sab's gonna be able to ball, and and Billy's like you said, Billy's gonna just basically be here to hone his craft, teach the young players, and prepare himself for the NFL draft. He's already putting up stuff in his career to make him, you know, move into one direction on on a certain day of the draft. But now all he's doing is just sharpening it up to show that he has all the intangibles that they're looking for in order to go pro. But He's, he's going to drive up the Paycom every week and hand deliver his uh, highlights from the previous week. Right, right. But like, here, guys, y- y'all know I should probably be, you know. Just to make sure y'all are seeing my highlights here. Here you go. Which I cannot believe. I still cannot believe that dude was not on the Thorpe Award. Like, how do you not? Or 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 Danny on the Butkus? I figured he wasn't going to make Butkus, but the, the both of them are stupid anyway. So, anyway. Not going to lose my mind too much more on that. But looking at the production here, looking at these numbers, this is something for Sooner fans to be excited about bringing up, bringing back that much freaking production. And all you got to do now is put it together. 
And the good thing is, is bringing in a young, innovative defender, defensive coach who acts like an exact replica of your head coach. He probably thinks exactly like him, calls plays exactly like he would. You're going to see a completely different defense when it comes to execution. Like the defense itself is going to be overall good. It's not going to fall apart late in the season. Especially now we got the experience. You, get, you bring back all this production. You got the experience. These young guys know what they're supposed to be doing. We just got to tell them to. You, you want to know what's down. funny about these rankings? If we were solely going off these rankings, some of the top teams in the SEC next year would be like A&M, Florida, Texas, Missouri. <laughs> Those would be some of your top teams in the SEC. No, no, like you're right. Because look at this. Look at this. So I think, no, let me see. The only one is, I think a and is the only one on this list that's top five in, uh, them in Texas, a top five. And look at all of the stuff A&M lost this season, and they still in the top five in both. In offense and defense. They brought back that many players that actually played on the field. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Look at that. Bama's all, down all, at the all bottom. All class didn't play. Imagine that. Right. They're bringing back all their... Um, Product, uh, Alabama lost all their defensive production and they barely got any of their offensive production coming back. Um, Georgia's like us. They're kind of all over the place. Third in offense, down in the bottom in defense, but we're top in offense and bottom in, bottom in offense, top in defense, which the funny thing about that is is just that it's because we lost our quarterback and offensive line. You got your, your quarterback, your best wide, your, your top producing wide receiver in catches and yards and touchdowns as well as a running back who's one of your top running backs in Tywee, who was right behind Sal Chuck and your offensive line. But just, all of that stuff is like not something that's like detrimental. Like we didn't lose our, our, our most talented wide receiver. We still no. got Nick. We still got, hopefully Jaleel stops, you know, fumbling the ball. You know, I think he'll learn that this summer, which is going to be a good thing. Uh, Jay Gibson. So when we talked about duos, going back to that, you know, PG, you heard me say this. I think Jackson Arnold, Nick Anderson is going to be good. Jackson Arnold, Jane Gibson, remember, he caught two touchdowns from him this season. Yeah. And realize that, right? No, two I of, do realize uh, Jane that. Gibson's touchdowns was from Jackson Arnold. I do realize that. I, I, I heard you say that. I I know what OU can do. I'm just interested to see what some of the other teams on the rankings can do. Yeah. I, it's funny because Florida by looking at the rankings, should be a really good team next year. Yep. But their schedule is so freaking hard, they're going to be lucky to win five games. <laughs> yeah, they have the, uh, what's this, the toughest? They have the toughest schedule in all yeah, the toughest schedule in college football is what, they, what everybody is saying. Let me pull it Oh, it is the, Jay, it is the toughest fo- schedule in college football. I, I don't think they get out of the UCF game without firing Billy Napier. Because if he loses to UCF and Miami, they ain't beating Florida State, so they're going to get swept by all three Florida teams. I mean, there's a good chance for that. So this is what it looks like. Good Lord. Hmm. So 247 thinks that, of course, us and Florida have the top two hardest schedules in college football. That's going to be I don't think our schedule's that tough, to be honest with you, because I, I don't think Alabama's that tough of a game anymore. I, I don't expect South Carolina to be that hard of a team. I look at the hardest games being Ole Miss and LSU. I don't even think LSU's going to be that tough of a game, to be honest. I think, I the think it'll be a night games, game there. That's why I the, think it'll be tough. 
Oh, I can see that. Fair point. Fair point. I'll that's give you that. why I. That's why I say it's tough. I. I don't see a world where LSU is so bad that they go. Yeah, that's not a night game. They gonna give Oklahoma the business at with the night game right there. Like, and it'd be Thanksgiving they, they gonna try it. Last game of the season. Just yeah. like I think Oklahoma's first game against Auburn is going to be a night game, and I think they're gonna they're going to give Oklahoma and Texas some of the hardest environments they possibly can. That's a two thirty game, boy. I you think, think it'll be a two thirty game? I think that's an SEC two thirty game. Probably. I think it'd be an SEC two thirty game. I'm I mean, here for okay, it though. 2:30 would be a good environment for Auburn though. That'll still be a pretty tough environment. No, it'll be, it will be. I'm it'll just be saying here. they're going to try to figure out how to give Oklahoma and Texas the toughest environments possible in in the schedule. Uh, Auburn and Missouri will be like playing at K State or playing at uh, Texas. You know, no, nah, I wouldn't say not. I mean, like I was about to say Texas Tech. I wouldn't say that. But it's Texas like, Tech, uh, Missouri. That's that's a good comparison. Yeah, I mean, it would be like playing in those in those environments where it's very ruckus, it's very very you know hostile or whatnot. But if you do go in there and do what you need to do, take them out and take the crowd out of the game, then they'll leave. I know a lot of people are like Missouri who, and I know y'all want to climb on Missouri, but guys, please please do not overlook Mizzou. We all overlooked them this year, and I told y'all they were going to be good. And it, as long as drink doesn't screw it up, <laughs> Mizzou's going to be pretty good again, okay? So that's the thing about don't it, man. overlook them. Well, that's, that's the thing, dog, is that we keep saying this about that. what makes you think he won't screw it up? Yeah. We don't I mean, have we don't have any last year, okay? I just I, We I, don't I, have any definitive data proving that he won't screw it up. Mm-hmm. He had one good year. We've seen that at Texas too. We said the same thing about Charlie Strong, same thing about uh Tom Herman. And we've seen this at programs like that. We've seen it in Missouri. Missouri's had 10 win seasons before Tennessee and it's fall well. off the face of the face of the earth right afterwards, right? Tennessee Let's as well. Tennessee, Tennessee yeah, also. And I'm, I like either. the balls. Y'all know that. So We've got a, we. I need the consistency of them actually producing more than one year. I understand, more, I understand that, but Drink didn't have this talent before either. That's what I'm saying. Like this, like Missouri. He didn't have the same roster last year. Missouri lost a lot, but they increased the amount of talent they had on that team this year through the portal tremendously, and they got like dudes that can ball. Well, well, see, here's the thing. The thing about it is for me, nobody has proven. They can win a title, the portal yet. No one has proven that. Well, yeah, but they didn't replace half their roster with the portal. They just went and picked a couple guys out in positions of need, and they filled holes. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not they, it, they didn't do what USC or Colorado did. Like they just you, went and you picked s- out say that positions of need, and they went out and bought those players. And I, I don't I want just, to sound like Mizzou Homer. I'm just saying you I think are. We all know you're better. Mizzou Homer. I just we think they're going to be a lot better than people think, and I don't want Oklahoma to go in there and overlook that team. No, I mean I they're they're a they're a better. They are a. How should I say let, it? They let me are, say this though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say they're they're a tougher Oklahoma State. I think that's a good comparison. Why? Because they have a lot of the same tendencies. Now defensively, they're they're. I think they're way they're they're better than O State. Um, but you just have to basically tell them, hey, look, y'all are not going to go and kill us with any of these home run hitters. Y'all are not going to come out here and uh, catch us slipping and, and take the umbrella off, you know, take the hood off of this thing. Y'all are not going to be up. Y'all are not going to do that. Um, 
gosh, Theo Weiss is going to have to beat us, and he's going to have to have 140 yards. Dude, as he had far a good year the, last year. Yeah, I know that, but I'm saying that, hey, he's a possession guy, right? So you're basically telling him Burden is not going to beat you down the field. Burden's gonna, you're going to have to get him uh, over the field, over the middle, different things like that, and really figure out how to use him because um, somebody else is going to have to be that guy that steps up. But, I mean, Brady Cook, I, like I said, I, they just kind of – it's gunny like with their approach to offense because – there are some games where you're just like, why aren't y'all doing what you normally do, which is try to take the hood off of the off of the defense? But yeah, I mean that that's who I compare them to. So I don't. I mean, I'm not necessarily underestimating them, but I think we'll get there. I think what we do is with this season, especially for OU, I think you just piecemeal it. I think it's kind of three games at a time because you know that Auburn game to me is the one that's kind of the the, the trappiest of trap games because that's right before the Red River game. So basically, like I said, with these games here, especially with those two buys built in this year, I think that you kind of have to look at it that way where it's three buys. Three game, yeah, three. Oh, you got three buys. So yeah, I think yeah my, need, Maine is a buy game. Let's, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's, okay. Let's keep it yeah, right. Maine <laughs> is going to be the game where you play all of them freshmen and you be yeah, like, all right, no, yeah, we're playing sure, some of the guys for, sure. for a quarter and a half. Everybody else, you, you're playing this game. We're seeing for what sure. you got. Right, right. I, I want yeah. Auburn to be undefeated so, when we play them because if Auburn's undefeated, they're a lot harder to overlook at that point. Th- that's true. That's true. And, yeah, and we, we would actually pay attention at that point because their toughest game on their schedule before they play us is Arkansas, and all of their games before they play us are at Jordan Hare. And Arkansas has a new uh, has a new uh, quarterback as well. You know, yeah. I'm surprised so, Sam Pittman still survived, but look at it. So, Drink took the job in December of 2019. Here's his classes. He had a the 51st ranked class in 2020 cycle, 26th in the 21 cycle. Um, in the 22 cycle, he was 15, so he started moving up. The 23rd cycle, his recruiting class was. Ooh, this is getting bad. I'm past 50 in here. I'm going. Uh, I I'm think still you're going. missing the point, though, Jay. I think you're I'm still the going. Point. I'm at 100. I think, the, I think you're missing the point, though. No, no, that, that's my point, is that everybody that we've seen as dominant in the uh, national title run, they're 34th in that 23 cycle. And in this past cycle, for the 24 class, Missouri was sitting at 20. So, your title teams, top 10 recruiting classes. I'm not saying they're going to be a title team. I'm just saying they're going to be a team that comes in there and they're going to be a hard win. They're not going to be an easy win. And I think I've heard a lot of OU fans talking like, we're just going to come in there and run all over Missouri. And that's not going to be the case. Like, Missouri Historically, is we have. That. Historically, we have, especially even with their good teams. So Yeah, but I think this is one of Missouri's best teams, though. I don't Ooh, think no. this is one of their, like, 2007, 2008. I think this is one of their better teams that they've had. Mm. Just in a compilation of talent. Do you think this team is better than their conference championship teams? I mean, look at the compilation of talent they have on this team compared to what they had then. I mean, those teams went to conference championships. That's kind of my point. They won divisions, two division titles in a row. As soon as they got into the SEC. Yeah, but there was also a time where the SEC was getting run over by Big 12 teams because of our high-tempo offense, and the SEC teams at that time were not running that kind of offense, so they were building for more so kind of pound the ball, and Missouri and Texas A&M were able to do whatever they wanted to those SEC teams. Wait, I don't know. Wait I still got to be proven. 
Was it was it Missouri and Texas A and M or no? Because Texas A and M was already kind of trend. No, they had all, yeah. Because TCU was in the Big Twelve. Ken, you don't remember that Kenny Trill of all people? That's a name. Yeah, Kenny and, Trill was beating Arkansas and, and Johnny Manziel, and then, and, then, and then they had Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Manziel. You know they they beat Alabama. They didn't play in a conference championship game. No, yeah, yeah. You know, I get you there. I'm just saying. I just need I need this to actually be proven to me. Uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just I just don't want Oklahoma, uh, like especially the team, to overlook that game because it's Missouri and we have history of running over to them. Like people talking like Missouri is just a scrub and they ain't they're they're not a scrub. Like they're going to be one of the harder games on our schedule. I think they're a scrub, but we'll. We'll, we'll see. We'll I think they're fake. I think they're November, fries. Jay. We'll revisit this yeah, in November. Oh, we will. We will. Because I think they're fries. All right. But we'll as far as the Auburn thing board. goes, if Auburn's undefeated, that's Oklahoma's best scenario because you're not going to be overlooking a 4-0 Auburn team going into Texas. I mean, that's true. No, you're, you're right. So, okay. Let's wrap it up. Last thing I want to talk about. Y'all know like the game. We got something that showed up to us yesterday. You know. <sighs> NCAA 25 will be here. Mm-hmm. It's official. Chris, PG, how excited are y'all about this game? coming? Through? Okay, so fellas, let's go ahead. Let's wrap this up. Just uh, go ahead. Everybody shut up. Listen to me, okay? The Black Mike Leach is talking right now. Oh, bloody. Best. Here we go. The best player that you've ever met, okay? I could give it to you any type of way that you want it, all right? Any type of way that you want it. There's not a soul out here that can honestly sit sit across from me and say they could beat me at this game. Okay, you've never played what? me, Chris. You've never played me. All I know is this right here: I've never played you. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> okay, I'll just let you know. Do you know how much time I pour into video games? Ask Jay how that much is, I pour hey, into video games. That is perfectly fine. But when the black my leech gets. So when black when the black Mike Leach gets that headset on and that controller in his hand, it's different. All right, it's a different animal. I don't know if you're ready for that, Jay. You know you're my boy. I gave you a lot of hell for uh, a certain quarterback that you had, but I'm gonna leave you alone because you gave me this wow. invite to the show. So I'm just gonna let you live. Wow! I am so excited for this game coming out, Jay. I couldn't wait till we got to. Uh, I couldn't wait to get to this topic. You talked about a wish list. Well, there's two things that I yeah. wish uh, for the most is that they don't put Ollie Gordon as a 99 on this uh, on this next game, and then two that they don't that they don't put Quinn Ewers as a 96. I, they, I mean, those ratings to me, I've seen some projective ratings, and I'm just like, this is crazy. How we how we, how do we get here? How did we get here? I'll be honest. One thing I, I really hope is that they go closer to the old school NBA live ratings and they didn't put anybody at the 90s, right? Make the game Only a true 99 challenge. player should be Caleb Williams. I don't even think Caleb's going to – well, he ain't going to be on the game, but – Yeah. Well, anybody, if you were looking at a 99 player, he is a 99 player. 95 is the best I would give him, but that's me. Because we saw his record this season. A 99 player ain't having that kind of record. I mean, unfortunately, there's only so much you can do by yourself in football. Yeah, you just win yeah. the games. That's what you do. That's what we've watched him do before. We did. It. We saw him do that all the year before that. Defense was still bad. And he was doing it. So that's kind of my thought with that. But I, I do want them to not provide that. I think if anything I want to see in there, I would love to see a lot of the mechanics and mechanisms from 14 
especially in the yeah. recruiting piece. Toss in some NIL, toss in a little transfer portal stuff, and keep it simple. I don't want it to be mad. I don't want it to be too yeah. complex in the gameplay. I don't need you to have me doing eight million adjustments unless I want to. Don't require me. Make it to where I can sit there and just be dumb and play. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a it needs to be a pickup and play. Don't add any crazy animations or anything like that. Exactly. That's even it. if you even if you do have to use some modded, I mean some mat modern, some Madden mechanics, here's a couple of things just to get it right. No nano blitzers. Please, all you guys out there that just literally run the pinch o all day or run any type of zero blitz plays, you guys don't know what you're doing, okay? Take some of the cheesiness out of there. Obviously, guys are going to be trying to go and get that the Lincoln Riley offense or the uh, or the playbook. And you know, it's all about playbooks, right? Oregon's playbook used to be a favorite of everybody's. Mine was obviously OU's, but uh, with like Kevin Wilson and all those guys. But no, I I think Jay, hey, what you said is right. Then go back to fourteen. Hell, if it was me, I'd go back to two, to, to twenty ten mechanics, but just with better graphics. Yeah, twenty ten was a good year too. <laughs> twenty ten was a really good year. The one with uh. Uh, gosh, what was that Texas Tech wide receiver? Uh, uh, oh, oh Crabtree. Crabtree, yeah. yeah. With Crabtree on the cover. Yeah, that or the one with Tim Tebow on the cover as well. Those were really good ones. I, I, good. I live like, yeah. Hell, we can go back to the Desmond Howard era if you I mean, if you want me to keep it a buck. I just want to be able to to, to recruit my, my running back that bench presses 400 pounds and squats 600 and runs a 4440. It's all I need in my life. I need it to be simple. I just want to have the mechanic where it says Missouri offered my player $500,000 to leave my program, right? That's (laughs) the only mechanic I want. I want to be able to see the NIL offers come across the table. I don't even want to see them personally. (laughs) I just want to, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to know that I'm being outbid. I don't need that, 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 um, I don't need that, um, negativity in my life. Do you think they add in an NIL, portion to this game where you have Ooh, to yeah. go in and offer money to your players to be able to stay at the program for a year? They have to. They have to add that. I or mean, you, I mean, or, right or, now in 14... Or wait till next year's game to do that? Do you, or do you think this year in this game it's more so bringing the game back, getting people back on it, and then next year you integrate some new mechanics like that into the game? No, I think they'll add that in there. I think they'll add it in now. Cool, because I'm going back and I'm getting Caden Green back on my team. I mean, you can do that. But that's one of those things is that, so I, in 14, they have a component now, they have a component in there for transfers to where if a kid wants to transfer out, you can convince them not to transfer. So you can say they're leaving because they want more playing time. Like, oh, I can promise you this many snaps if you stick around. They need The problem is my dynasty is so good that when kids transfer out, it's like, yeah, I can't do anything for you because you weren't going to play. So what are you going to do when you're not playing that dynasty by yourself when you got me in there and those kids, you know, because I'm going to recruit your best player. I mean, you could try. Hey, He's going to be like, I'll give you $4 million to come play for my squad. Oh, I'm not even going to do the money. Picture this right here. I'm sick. I'm sick in the head with it, okay? So picture this. Disgusting individual. Jay Jay calls UPG is like, I can't believe what Chris Chris Weave has stooped this low. This recruit came to me and told me, Coach, I, I, I don't know if I'm coming anymore and it, it, because you're not going to be here next year. You may not be here the next year either. <laughs> Coach Griffin told me that you are you're suffering. So you're going to be lying. You'll be lying to my players nonstop. Okay. 
<laughs> hey, you know, that is a tactic people use on the recruiting trail against guys <laughs> like Lincoln Riley. And uh, they had to be doing it against, oh, what's his name out there at LSU this year? Oh, yeah. The rumors that were circulating. <laughs> like, those are real things. Like, those are real conversations. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I'm done with you, Chris. He's going to be here lying to my people. You know realignment? what? Because you guys used to be able to realign your conferences. Do you think they bring that back? Oh, that yes. Would be cool. that oh, would of be course. Cool. Of course. Yeah. Can I be able to customize it like that? Like, I actually need to set mine reset my up now. Game and immediately go to the Pac-12 and delete that conference. What? What? Game, what? Game <laughs> I just want to hit delete the two-man two conference. What yeah, game I'm, I'm, I'm going to delete that conference and Oregon mm -hmm. State, and uh, they they can come down to the Big Twelve. <laughs> Otherwise, the Pac-12 getting deleted. What gives you so much hope is that uh, was it the 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 revamp guys are are really instrumental in this game as well. So. A yeah, lot sure. of stuff that they've added and a lot of different things. And I think I think one of the things I'm excited about, though, that can be Madden-like is just like the updated seasons, right? Different covers, different things like that, different, you know. And obviously, I'm saying this to everybody just to save you grace or, or save you the headache. Look. Don't play months? Chris. Chris, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I am starting a YouTube channel for uh -huh. this so we can all play each other live stream. Everybody can watch you get your ass whooped on this game. All right. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to do yeah, it. Well, I, I am starting a YouTube channel so that we can play people live. Like, people can come in and watch this. PG, I have plans for you and Ty. I'm just letting y'all know. And beat him by 40. We are I'm just letting y'all know. I was ranked in Madden. That's that's how much I played that, like, you know, leading up to before I became this old lawyer and all the rest of the stuff. I was ranked in Madden, like, nationally. Oh, no, internationally. I, hey, there's a lot of people out there that caught some country boy ass whoopings. Don't make you don't 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 be the next one. Okay, well, we ain't have to worry about that. Listen, so, we're gonna have one of the biggest NCAA football video game channels where everybody's gonna be able to come in, watch some butt whoopings in there. We're gonna get some high profile people in there. Watch, it's gonna happen. We're gonna do it. Be right. be ready, y'all. We'll put all it like together. It. We'll put it together. All right, hey, we'll wrap hey, it up. Hey, hey, hey. wants to play too, so last maybe we can get him on. Last there. last thing I will say. All right. Everything that the like the people that y'all play with the most that taught y'all a lot, anything that they didn't teach y'all, I will. <laughs> okay. This man loves it. <laughs> anything they didn't teach y'all, I will. <laughs> All I need you to do though is every week we get on with Ty, you talk shit, Auburn by 40. I just need you every time you play Ty, Auburn by 40, every time. <laughs> No more, I hope, I hope no less. Just you. Auburn by 40. I need that to live in his head. I hope Ty fights you. <laughs> I just hope he fights you at this point. That I'm, I just need that to happen at this point. So anyway, all right, we're going to wrap it up. Thank y'all for pulling up. PG, let people know where to find you. Then Chris, you follow up. And then uh, we'll close this bad boy out. Yeah, y'all can find me here on YouTube, uh, Apple, Google, or Spotify, The PG Show. Uh, hey, listen, as we talked about earlier, we got Junior Day lists coming out. Uh, you're going to see more visitors on campus sporadically, maybe not on these Junior Days or on the uh, 2026 days, because I think the April and the March dates are not technically Junior Days. They're like that year where you're shooting out the next one, so you're going to see a lot of 2026 and 2027 guys, but we're going to review all those lists and uh, hey, the good news is you don't have to pay for that content, so just come on over get it for free let me mention that don't again, do that. Don't free. do that. We, we ain't here to start, no problems and uh, yeah, we'd love to have you be a part of it we ain't here to start those, those problems 
Uh, Chris, let the people know. All right. Hey, everybody, you guys can find me at the Horns Down Podcast on YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcast at as well. Got some more top five videos that we're going to be bumping out here soon. Like I said, uh, the video about why Jackson Arnold will be successful in 2024. That's up. That's running. Thank you guys for all the love, the support. Definitely head on over there to that channel. Subscribe, like, share, do all those different things as per usual for this channel as well. Thanks for the invite, bro. Appreciate it. Always, man. Always. Um, PG, you need to, uh, yeah, we ain't going to do that. All right. We out. We'll tie it up later. Peace. <laughs>